This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Scotty, you ready? Kurt, I'm ready. All right. <laughs> it makes me laugh just uh, I'm trying to <laughs> laughing. Uh, Denmark debuts new children's show about a man with a huge and uncontrollable <laughs> penis. <laughs> yeah, that's a big old bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoller. I am Scotty Landis, Banana Boy number two, and thank you for tuning in to the silliest little podcast that ever was. Uh, and I'm just going to get right into it. Our Please. guest today is the multi-talented musician who has played with, honestly, seemingly every indie mm-hmm. darling band out there. Uh, the Shins, Beck, Spoon, Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, Connor Oberst. Incredible. Uh, she is the driving force behind the band Deep Sea Diver, and her new album, Impossible Wait, is available right now. And honestly, the titular track is uh, my favorite song of 2020, so I'm very excited. Please welcome to the show, Jessica Dobson. Hello, hello. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. We're pumped. Thank you for being here. Oh, my God. We like to have uh, we like to talk dumb stuff with incredibly talented people. That's so right. That's absolutely nice right. There. And Jessica, you're That's you amazing. look you appear that you're in a studio. Were you working today? Uh, I haven't gotten to work yet. Um, I was making bread. No, I I don't know why I haven't gotten to work yet. Um, I'll that do counts. anything to uh, procrastinate making music sometimes. Uh, I tidied it a little bit for you guys. I was telling Kurt Very earlier. lovely. But yeah, this is my home studio in the basement. Wonderful. And I it love it. It looks great. Thanks. It looks fantastic. <laughs> Do you want to hear about this crazy Denmark show? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. This made me laugh. It is. <laughs> it is legitimately fascinating. Denmark. Okay. This is. Uh, this was sent in by, I don't know, 100 Bananimals. Yes. Um. But I do have, and I think Copy Haste was first. Again, Copy Haste, thank you. Um, but I'm also going to give a shout out to Liz Zeller. Yeah, Liz. That is the person I saw it from first. Woo. Um, this is from CNN, written by, oh, Rob, P- Rob Pachetta. Thank oh, you, Rob. Best in the biz. Best in the biz. Pachetta. Uh, <laughs> Denmark's flagship broadcaster has suffered blowback. Oh, really? Over its newest children's TV program, John Dillermond, an animation starring a man with a penis so massive and flexible, it can save children from danger, fetch objects from a river, and operate as a pogo stick. Uh, Nice. The show whose 13 episodes are available to watch, you can watch them right now on the DR Network's website. Uh, In episode one, for instance, the the mustached 
I, I thought it was, was mustachio. Me too. Me too. This says mustached. The mustached Dillermond uses his gigantic stripy organ as okay. a lead for his dog, but quickly finds himself inundated with requests from his neighbors to take their pets out for a walk, too. And another point in the show, he is stuck floating in midair after balloons are tied to his groin. <laughs> there is a photograph of that, and it is... Uh, it is... So he's, like, wearing, like, a red and white stripy old-timey, like, uh, one-piece men's bathing suit. Okay. And his penis also is wearing that, so it's red and white striped. Sure. This is a man who has his dick tied to, like, five balloons hanging upside down Mm -hmm. midair. That's Mm -hmm. just a photograph, and it's a children's show. This is a (laughs) cartoon or real life? Fucking crazy. Uh... The show was met with hilarity in Denmark and across the internet. Oh, good. Um, and there's nothing much. There, it keeps going on and on and on. Um, it's a huge success. Children are watching it in big numbers. 200,000 people have viewed the first episode. Nice. And I guess 200,000 in, in Denmark is probably, what, is it everybody? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so that is, we should, you guys should, I'm going to post a picture. You guys should watch a little bit of it. That's Um, incredible. But I don't, I don't think I, honestly, I have a child. I have two children, one who watches TV. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know how I feel about it. Honestly, you know, on one side it's like, oh, it's like body positivity, I guess. But on the other (laughs) side, it's like, it's a really giant dick. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so I missed, is this a cartoon or real life? Great question. That, thank you, great question. Because <laughs> there's a big difference, even though it's super it's fucking hard to begin with. It is neither. It is stop animation. And the stop animation <laughs> is so chunky and bad. <laughs> it's that stop animation where just like flat surfaces constantly change when they change. Like they just, you know, pick it up and they're careless, not purposefully, I think, careless about how what pressure dents get put on like flat surfaces. So it mm. just looks like this, st- th- 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 everything's moving all the time. Wow. It's very weird. That like reminded me of what's that John Wilson episode. The guy who's yes. just like so, so open about his penis, just laying on the bed, tying it to strange rocks, trying to get, there's his balls. Maybe I yeah. think I got it backwards, but still Wait, had to John deal Wilson. with it. How to with John walks around and and film stuff on HBO. Yeah, have you seen that? Yes, yes. I've I've watched the first, for the first episode, and like was almost crying and how beautiful. Oh, it's so good. I I know he does that thing where he's able to like hit strike an emotional chord and be completely neurotic and funny, and yeah, it's crazy. But you should see the episode with. There's a man who I think I can't remember (laughs) the details, but he ties things to his balls or his penis for some kind of purpose, and so maybe they can get together. Uh, Oh, can you say he's trying to get his foreskin back? Wow, okay, get his foreskin back. Oh man, I gotta watch that episode. (laughs) It's really it. I think it's like one of the last ones, but I was dying. I was dying. But stop animation. I just don't even understand how you come up with this concept, and it clears any room, any person. It gets beyond that. What? How? I, Scotty and I, you know, constantly pitch television shows. Yes. Uh, and it is incredibly difficult yeah, to so get true. something made. That's so the true. The fact that they got a children's show made with a giant dick man is, 
I mean, it brings me great joy. I'm not going to let my kid watch it. But. <laughs> totally. And then the opposite will be uh, in like, if this actually is a huge hit in like three years, some American network will buy the rights and then they'll bring in mm. people like Kurt and I to uh, pitch on ideas and we'll go, okay, it's this, yeah. this, and this. And they'll be like, we love it, but we it can't be a penis. It can't be a long one. Um, it's got to be something else. Maybe he has a pet snake. Maybe he has a friend that has a long nose. And you're like, oh, so you're trying to destroy the entire thing that makes this special right, right away? <laughs> That's the joy. I'm sure yeah. it's similar in music, but it's like the joy of like, no, be as creative. Reach for it. Go for it. And then you get, you give them everything you got, and they're like, we kind of want friends. Where's our Ross and Rachel moment? And you're, and you're like, oops. Amazing. It's a business. It is fascinating that anything original ever gets made. So how what, your, the new album that came out came out in October, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, October 16th. And so when did when was it recorded? It was recorded in September, or like basically the end of 2018 and then into 2019. And it was interesting because we thought it was done. And then there's always like the question of, is there one more song that needs to happen? And it ended up being Impossible Wait, the one Sharon Van Etten sang on. And just crazy and how that all worked out. And yeah, so pretty sweet. But I mean, it was done for a while. And then we were trying to find a home for it label wise Mm -hmm. and then the pandemic and all this. So whatever. I can't even believe that we, it's crazy to me and totally right that we decided to release it in the fall, you know, when stuff was still shut down. I terribly, terribly miss touring. Huge hole in my heart for that. But um, hopefully it'll come back soon. But yeah, we we put a record out. Crazy. That's great. That's great. And yeah, you've been touring pretty much since you were 19, pretty much nonstop. Yeah, I have to I have to make a small correction to somewhere along the line in some interview. I toured with Connor Oberts, but I never played with him. And so I feel always ah, really guilty if I don't it. say that out loud because I feel like he might hear or maybe Phoebe Bridgers is listening and she's like, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I did Phoebe tour did with Connor. Bananas. Phoebe did bananas. So we're now best friends. We're in constant yeah, contact. Yeah. You know, that's how podcasting <laughs> that's a great, works. That was you have a great somebody episode. on for an hour and then you're best friends for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You just get on a group text with every other guest we've ever had on, and yeah. we constantly text it. Welcome to hell. <laughs> Scott, Everyone goes on the I same group text. That's guys. pretty good. Uh, man trapped inside 24-hour fitness when gym closes for the night. So this was sent in by Wodessa. Thank you, Wodessa. It was on menshealth.com, written by the, the greatest typer I know, Philip Ellis. Um, Ooh, Philip. Here are the details. A late-night workout ended up lasting a lot longer than originally planned for a gym-goer in Sandy, Utah. Beautiful Sandy, Utah. Oh, yeah. When Dan Hill finished his swim on Sunday evening, he found that he was the only person left in the entire gym. The staff had left for the night, unaware that he was still inside, locking him, locking him in. The greatest irony, Hill was in a 24-hour fitness. Quote, I mean, it is so good. Uh, Quote, I am literally locked inside a 24-hour fitness right now, Hill wrote on his Facebook post from his phone. They closed the doors and went home while I was swimming my laps in the pool. Doesn't the name suggest that they stay open 24 hours? Walking around trying to figure out how to get out. I called Sandy Dispatch. They told me they'd call me back. I called my wife. She said, find a comfortable place to sleep, LOL. So... While he waited to be rescued, he took amusing photos. And the photos are great. This guy actually had a great sense of humor. But it's not that. You're not going to die in a gym. It's just kind of a weird right inconvenience. If yeah. anything, work out some more. Um, totally. 
But he posted all these photos and they went viral. Um, his Facebook status had over 18,000 reactions, which I assume is pretty good. Uh, and then he says, so I called dispatch and the guy pauses for 10 seconds and 10 seconds and says, you're where? And I said, I'm at 24 hour fitness. There's an alarm system here and I don't want to get busted for breaking and entering. Smart. This guy's on top. Very of smart. Um, I thought at first it was just funny. Hill told ABC six, you know, it was kind of like home alone. Like, Oh my gosh, I have this gym to myself. I think everyone secretly wants to be locked in a department store or a hardware store or a restaurant. I think that's one reason it blew up so much. It taps into that feeling of being the last person on earth, which is true. Hill was eventually liberated from 24-hour fitness by three understanding police officers who posed with him for a selfie and later posted, free at last, free at last, I am free at last. (laughs) Pretty fun. I love that idea of... Like when you expect that where there's just rules that you have gone by for so long that when all of a sudden someone doesn't obey the rules that you're used to, you're just like at a fundamental, like everything falls apart in like one moment. Yes. Totally. I have a story about this. Jump in. So it it wasn't a 24 hour fitness. I think it was a YMCA (laughs) and I was on tour. I think we were in Phoenix and uh, the venue gave us like gym passes to go after oh, sound check, nice. which is really sweet. And you know, you get a shower and all the luxuries and of tour that you don't normally get. And so I went there and there wasn't many people. There it was like a Sunday night. Uh-huh. And uh, at the end I went to go like take a shower in the basement, which was very creepy. Yes. There was like a lady that was lingering too long and wanted to talk to me oh, the whole time. And, so then she finally left, and I'm just like casually putting on makeup. And I noticed on my phone that there was no reception down there, but right. I, I wasn't too worried. And then like some <laughs> lights started turning off, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird. It's really wow. dim in here." And then, uh, thankfully, somebody came down, and they like jumped back when they saw me, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't know you were down here. We were about to lock all the doors." And I was just like. Oh shit! <laughs> like because I wouldn't have been able to tell. I don't think right. any of my band members even knew I was there. Like the show would not have gone on. I would have been locked in this creepy <laughs> oh, this ass pre-show basement at like the YMCA, and it would have been pitch black because they were going to turn all oh, of the yeah. lights off. Locked in a basement show. Yeah, just gnarly. So I feel for that guy, but it, oh. yeah, <laughs> it's a weird. But it feeling. is like a, there is like there is that like childhood desire of like spending the at, like the at the museum or like in a in a in a, uh, a store or something uh, yes but i did i also have a, a a story about kind of about this but there is this place in near la I'm, i think i'll use its name only because i don't think it exists anymore great um sturdivant camp mm-hmm. which is this place it's about a it's about like a two and a half hour hike straight up a mountain mm-hmm. and then it's like these series of cabins set in the woods yes. by themselves and you can rent them and like but some there's like a you know like a, a groundskeeper who like lets you into the cabin <laughs> and then you can stay there but there's like no running water and there's no you know i think there's running water and electricity but like you know you're in the middle of nowhere there's no way to get there with a car so you have to hike and it's like uphill the whole way and my wife and i went up there and, you know, we had like, you know, registered with the person, told yeah. them that we're going to be there. But it's all like once you get there, it's like very remote. You're in the middle sure. of the forest. 
And we get up there at sunset. So the sun is setting. Gorgeous. And nobody's there. And then all of the cabins are locked. I didn't bring a tent. Oh. We're supposed to be staying in a cabin. Oh. And it's a two and a half hour walk down to get off the mountain. Yes. And it's like getting dark right oh, now. No. And so we're like, what do we do? And then there's these little boxes in Angela's National Forest that are literally you open the box and it is a tele quote i don't even think you call it a telephone i think it's like a wire device mm-hmm. that has like a handle that you pick up mm-hmm. and like a little squawk box and then a literal wire that you can see running all the way it's just one little thin wire that runs all the way down the mountain that's so fun and we like we like called it we like kept calling it calling it which is like lift literally lifting it up and they're like, oh, is no one? And then finally we get through to someone who's at like the base of the mountain who's like, is no one there? Oh, well. Um, and then we found like, like there was like, we don't know. No one's coming tonight. So sorry. And we're just like, what? And so oh. then we had to break into an <laughs> nice. emergency shelter. I love that. Um, and then it was amazing. Yes. Like inside the emergency shelter was like a little fireplace. And we like started a fire and I brought food and everything like that and had like a camp stove. And so then we like cooked up and just like lived in that emergency shelter for the night. And it was honestly amazing. But it was that thing where I'm just like, this was supposed to happen. And it just like everything shut down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have to use all your primal senses <laughs> yeah. to survive. It, those are the best moments when you get permission just to survive. And you're like, all right, yes. like we have no choice here. So let's do something we we would normally not do in society and then enjoy the hell out of it. You did the right yeah. thing. Totally. What, are you going to sleep outside? No way. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was like it was pretty wet. Um, it was winter time in in the mountains. Yeah, it was, would not have worked. Are you guys ready for another story? Tease one up. Yeah, can I turn my heater off really quick? Cause yeah, it's about to course. turn on, and it'll sound like. And yeah, then no worries. And then the audio will be ruined. Take a moment. You right back. You got to take a moment in this life. Heaters off. No more swishing sounds. No swishing right. sounds. Kurt, fire up a killer teaser. This is just to balance out the penis story from before. Please, you have to. Um, and this is a this is a pair of stories, um, both about the same thing. Two stories. Uh, so this is from NBC News. Mm-hmm. This was sent in by a ton of people. Oh, thank God! Um, but I first saw it from Morgan Prospect Wall. So oh, thank you, Morgan. The best. Uh, again, everybody, we're on Instagram, The Bananas Podcast. Go DM us your crazy stories, please do. Mm-hmm. Um, while you're online, please go rate us and review us we- on Apple Podcasts. It does still matter. It somehow um, really matters. It does weirdly. All right, so this is NBC News. It's by Reuters. Uh, mm-hmm. giant vagina sculpture fuels culture wars in Brazil. Now, does it? Uh, yeah. So this is, <laughs> I will just, I'm not even going to read it. I'll just describe it to you. Okay. This is fucking amazing. It is a 108 foot concrete and resin sculpture <laughs> on a hillside. And the photograph is taken from, I'm going to say half a mile away. Far enough for and me. it just looks. It looks like the hillside just has a giant red vagina, and it's amazing. And why wouldn't it? Uh, and and then I'll post a photo. The other photo is from like un, right on top of it, and it's it's massive. It's you could fit. I'm the, looking at it. You could probably fit like eight human beings laying down inside of it. Yes, like that's how big we're talking. <laughs> okay, and you know there would be volunteers for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, 
We do have a volunteer for it, Jessica. Uh, thank you for for teeing this one up because this is a different story. Okay. Uh, from NBC News as well, God. written by they, co- uh, they cover everything. Nobody. Okay. An American student ends up trapped in giant vagina sculpture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, American students, so dumb and oh, privileged and entitled. It's the best. So this is surprisingly enough. I wish that these were two of the same vagina sculptures, but Me they too. are two separate vagina Sad. sculptures. This is a vagina sculpture in Germany. Uh, and this kid is very funny looking. <laughs> He's just like, you know, as a goof, he tried to like get inside of it for a photograph. It and is then funny. literally got his legs trapped and he's laying down like with his whole body sticking out of rebirth. this like, nine foot tall vagina. He's Total reborn. Rebirth. Um, but I will post both of it. But it is cool. The uh, the sculpture the, the is by an artist. Her, the big one, the 108 foot one in Brazil, okay. is artist is Juliana Notari. Mm-hmm. Uh, the work is titled Diva, and it's in the Usina de Arte Art Park in Permabuca, Brazil. And she says the the issues have become increasingly urgent today. So people are outraged oh, in this village. Like, is there a small village that just is like, we don't want to have to look up at this thing every day. It was. I think it's mostly people on Twitter and on Facebook. Oh well, screw them. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter. They're not real. They're not real. They don't people. understand real the diva. They don't really care. They just are <laughs> contrarians looking for a little action. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, she says it. It's depicted both a vagina, a vagina, a vagina, a vagina, and a wound, uh, questioning the relationship between nature and culture in a phallocentric and anthropocentric society. So, whatever, Amon artist Giuliano Notari side. Of course, I like the intention behind it. Yeah. You know, I like the piece. The piece is actually very beautiful. It's very striking because it's so green. The hillside is so green. And then it's this giant vagina, like just looking like the hillside has one. I'm like it's, picturing, uh, is it the Jesus sculpture? The huge mat? It's like one of the... In South Paulo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be funny if it's just right next to it. <laughs> just facing it. Just, that's what Jesus is staring you, at. Jesus. I'm the diva. <laughs> but... Uh, Become. It is. So I. I, I there's. <laughs> it has a comic talked about this yet? How insane it is that the that the 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 crucifix is the symbol for Christianity. Yes. Like it's the Bill it's Hicks. Like the torture device. Bill Hicks has. Bill been Hicks on it? had okay, that. Good. That it was like. So that's what you want to see. Like, if this really is your Lord and Savior, when he comes back the second time, the first thing you're going to show him is the thing he was nailed to and murdered. Like, just like, hey, look at this. Like, we're all wearing your. Yes, Bill Hicks covered that one pretty darn good. And he's right. All right, great. My God. My God. That's pretty cool. It probably has killer acoustics. Maybe, Jessica, maybe you could play a concert in front of this thing. I bet it it drives sound. With a sponsor, go to the vagina, get paid to. To sing in it, I wouldn't go to the one where that guy got stuck. No, I'd uh, go to the the diva. <laughs> the diva. Yeah, I, I think it'd be it would be wrong. nice if another artist put a diva cup right next. I to I was it. just about to say that. <laughs> Some other dirty jokes came to mind, and that's not really a dirty one. That's natural diva cups, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> For everybody who doesn't know what a diva cup is, look it up. Scotty, give us another one. I'll tease this into a little what we call commercial break. break. Uh, Israeli bank robber uses an avocado in two successful bank heists. (laughs) Naturally. (laughs) Bananas. If you're skeptical, then maybe check the facts. But you better believe it, because it ain't fake. 
as we are back yes, from are. bananas. Mm-hmm. And rem- a reminder for everybody that we are doing a live show online it's true. February 6th. Mm-hmm. You can be there in your living room or wherever you want to be. Yeah. Uh, go to bananaslive.com. Oh, also, everybody has been messaging the Bananas Instagram account about the phone number for the banana phone. Okay. If you are one of them, here is the banana phone phone number. If you don't know what that is, we have a phone that is a banana that you can call at any time. The number is 213-214-7974. Scotty will answer and talk to you for exactly one minute. That's right. Yes. That's good. This is a t- I didn't know there was a time limit. I've heard about this yes. phone from you guys naturally. And uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I I had to curb it at a minute because, you know, most people nervously just hang up on me right away. Um, <laughs> but the ones that stay on, every once in a while, somebody will go for a good 10 minutes. And then I learn a lot about them and their life and their week. And But I had to... Uh, I had to say one minute just so that doesn't happen totally. and ruin my entire life. Um, but <laughs> it's really fun. I probably get six to ten calls a day. It'll probably ring while we're doing the podcast. And everybody's great and cool and keep them coming. I'm happy to text or call. That's amazing. Um, all right, you two. I have a fun thing. Israeli bank robber uses an avocado in two successful bank heists. <laughs> This was sent in by Nick C. Duval on Instagram. Thank you, Nick. And it comes from the New York Daily News, written by the one and only Brian Nemitz. God, I love what Brian does. A 47-year-old bank robber pulled off two armed robberies by convincing bank tellers that the avocado he was holding was a hand grenade. <laughs> <laughs> i was really wondering how he was gonna pull it off yeah the hand grenade i, I love it yeah you're picturing it's like in his coat pocket and he's using it like a gun or something. no 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 he's holding yeah. this thing up and saying it's a hand grenade the unidentified crook described by the times of israel as a resident of southern israel's Bedouin village reportedly made off with 8,300 American dollars after robbing a pair of banks just five days apart. Yep. Armed with an avocado painted black, <laughs> the produce packing per not even he wasn't even willing to wait for it to ripen. Nope. He was just going right. to get a green avocado and paint it black. Yeah. <laughs> didn't stick a pin in it. Didn't like glue a ring to it. Just holding up an avocado. It's amazing what you can do with an avocado. Um, <laughs> He, the produce packing perp, allegedly told the first teller, put the money in the bag quickly or I'll throw this grenade. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. I feel like grenades, and correct me if I'm wrong, you two, but don't you feel like you know how to use a grenade, even though we totally don't know how to use a grenade? We don't. No. Jessica, do you feel like you could throw a grenade successfully if you had to? Like... Meaning, would I be able to take out the pin without shaking and dropping it next to my foot? Yeah, just the concept of like from cartoons and movies and TV shows. I feel like we all feel like, yeah, you pull the pin and then you throw it, and then three seconds later, what? But we don't know what we're doing. No, I would need no extreme military training. No one. What is the time limit on a grenade? I think all Mm. all grenades have different time limits too. Like, there's a lot of time. It is such a funny. Like war device, yeah. where it can literally be thrown back at you. Yes, like that, yeah. one tennis racket. Yeah, and there's 
there's some time for it to just be tossed back into. That's so funny. It's <laughs> so not great. Um, though the alleged thief wore elaborate disguises, including hats, glasses, and an eye patch. I mean, this guy. Uh, <laughs> the details. God. Um, cops working off of tips located the man by tracking his cell phone locations. His criminal record reportedly included a three-year stint for robbery. Though avocados are not known to be explosive, they do pack nearly 20 vitamins and minerals, according to WebMD. So there you go. Two banks, <laughs> one that. avocado, a <laughs> little bit of black paint, eight grand later. Wow. It's so good. It's so good. Jessica, do you either have a favorite fruit or have you ever stolen anything? Great. <laughs> oh, man. I know. I, was, I mean, I definitely have those like... Mostly bubblegum is what I would steal as a kid. Oh, yeah? Uh, yes. Bubblicious. Bubblicious. Yeah, the, uh, zebra, the zebra one, whatever oh, that one yeah. was called. Fruit stripes. Totally oh, forget. that was the stuff. Yeah. Mm. Bubble Fruit tape. stripes maybe literally loses its flavor after two chews. Fruit stripes. <laughs> one and a half, maybe. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, yeah, bubblegum's come a long way since then. Yes. Uh, favorite fruit. Uh probably i i just like actually green tipped bananas really yes green tipped bananas what green, are green tipped bananas when they are just barely underripe i don't like bananas that have any brown spots on them i won't eat them okay I'll, i don't mm-hmm. bake banana bread so i don't give a shit about putting it in my freezer yeah you have to have standards and saving it for a later day <laughs> yeah um but green tipped bananas i'm all about it okay Okay. I agree. A green tip banana, like right before it's totally ripe. That's a good, yeah. That's a good banana. It's not chalky. It's no. perfect. Smooth operator. Yeah. Um, years ago, about about six years ago, I was with my friend Melissa. We were drinking in a bar. We got invited to uh, a hangout. What is it? Barnsdale, Kurt? That art park that's on the hill in L.A. Yep. Yeah, Barnsdale. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool, and they do like music nights normally, and you sit on blankets and they play music, and there's wine and beer tasting and stuff. And we got invited, and we didn't want to stop drinking. And I figured out um, that if you take a tortilla, you go buy a big burrito tortilla and some aluminum foil that you can wrap a tall boy of beer and it looks like a burrito. And then you can just walk down the sidewalk and it looks like you're eating a burrito, but you're really just drinking a beer. I've done this so many times since. It is the greatest way to drink in public. Any canned beverage, White Claw, canned wine, canned Prosecco. And all you do is you just buy a very cheap and expensive Mission burrito, I mean tortilla, (laughs) wrap it up, wrap it halfway with a nice aluminum foil, and nobody... I mean, I, it smells a little like tortilla. I'm not going to lie. So maybe stick to beer. <laughs> maybe wine isn't the best for you. But I've done this 20 times now. Uh, I've walked right by cops Wait, with it. Do you have the tortilla? So you poke the tortilla up a little bit over the edge of the can. That's right. So do you do that in the front? Yes. So that kind of like hit, the tortilla hits your nose a little bit? Exactly right. So the back of the can away from the mouth hole or whatever it's called, the spout, you put a little extra like two inches of burrito. So when you tip it, it goes over your nose like a nice little drinking mask. And it works. It's so funny. And then at the end of the day, when you're pretty buzzed and you're outside and in public, find a bird and befriend it and feed it the rest of your tortilla and then recycle the Zero foil. Waste. It's a victimless crime. And uh, <laughs> I highly, highly recommend it to everybody who wants to drink in public. 
You should put a dollop of sour cream on your nose too to make it more convincing. <laughs> Just one dust. <laughs> That's an awkward way of eating a burrito, like to dip it on your nose. I'm just like picturing like burrito king, California style burrito, just like chunky. I love like the lengths you're going. Like you're not buying like a kombucha. Like you can carry around anything that isn't alcohol in a glass, you know, container. But the tortilla and foil. Okay. Oh well, it's so big. That's the thing. You can put put a tall boy in there. You could. It's like if you had the right glass, you could just make a cocktail and do it. It's just fabulous. And uh, when you're standing there, there's a lot of photos of me holding it from this one hangout, and it just looks like I'm holding a burrito the entire party, which is really funny, too. Why isn't this guy eating this burrito? (laughs) I love it. Yeah, it just looks like, yeah, it's like I worked with a guy in this greenhouse once named Kobe who wouldn't turn his head when he ate tacos, and it blew all of our minds. He would just stick them straight in like, I don't know, like a hot dog. (laughs) Zero tilt. Just whoop. Yes, he would just straight ahead, heart soft or crunchy, just end this. We had an older woman (laughs) uh, who was Japanese-American who was probably in her 50s. She did all like the planting, and she just was staring at him. I'm like, what are you staring at? She's like, he doesn't turn his head when he eats tacos. And we were like, Kobe, (laughs) how dare you? (laughs) That's something Larry David would notice on a Kobe Enthusiasm episode. (laughs) Yes, that is very true. All right, Curdy B, you got one for us, homeboy? Yeah. I do indeed. This is, I, this was, I thought about putting this one just as an Instagram post because the visual is so important to this. Okay. But the story is specific and unique enough that I think it requires us to discuss it. This was sent in by Samantha Abrego. Thank you, Samantha. Oh, yeah. Um, This is, this is from an article in Inked magazine i've heard um, of it and i haven't written by inked mag staff oh the best god Um, this is about the title is this 26 year old is self-tattooing his entire body blue okay and okay (laughs) when you see the photo sure it is i would if you have a laptop open i would it's worth a google it is a turquoise he is self-tattooed like he's He's self-tattooing his own face, oh. which is fucking crazy. Wait, he started with, with his with face? and ink. Well, he's done his face. He is a blue person oh. now. Oh, um, okay. And, you know, because like, and even Inked Magazine, Inked Magazine, the magazine for and about tattoos. Yep, heard of it. Uh that starts this article. There are no two tattoo stories that are alike. You know what? Inked. I think there are. <laughs> and I think it's called I got drunk and got a dumb fucking tattoo. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Says Don, Donnie Snyder of Scarborough, Ontario. Uh, we've certainly never seen a tattoo like his. Now mm-hmm. we're very familiar with full body tattooing and have seen plenty of people black out their bodies for the uniformed aesthetic. However, for the most part, these people have spent decades committed to body modification. Right. We're already heavily tattooed. Not Donnie. Donnie didn't have a single <laughs> tattoo Not before he went about tattooing Whoa! his entire body blue. And he's gone about the journey alone. Wow. For the past several years, yeah, I bet he did. Donnie has slowly but surely been tattooing his skin turquoise. Oh. Uh, and with the exception of his right forearm, he's done all the work himself. 
Because he's right-handed, uh, so he can't so yeah, do his so own forearm. That's he couldn't even do it with his left hand yep. after all that time. Come on, Donnie. Lazy. <laughs> quitter. So they. This is a very. <laughs> this is a lengthy interview mm-hmm. with Donnie. Um, and I do want to get just a, a a little bit of it. I don't want to get too much in the weeds with Donnie. Um, but at first, I was just like, "Oh, this guy's a crazy person." Yes. And I left the the interview being like. This is the perfect thing for this guy. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what inspired you to begin tattooing your body, and why did you choose this color? Okay. I just like the look of it, and I thought it would be neat. Great. Boom. Great Hands answer. Down. Yep. That's all you need. <laughs> Great answer. I thought it would be neat. That is, honestly, that's the answer for all tattoos, right? That's the most underwhelming like descriptive word, neat. Mm-hmm. And that, that yes. made him color his body for life. Oh. That's unbelievable. Oh my god. No. Unemployed. Unemployable other than as a blue man. Sure. Um there's a career out there for him. And it's not even the right blue for that. Oops. Right. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay, so here this is where it gets pretty great. Um he essentially said that I'm trying to find the exact thing. It's cool. Um, okay, here. How do people online and in person respond to your tattoos? I get all kind of comments when I'm out. Some people love that tattoo. Others are clearly not thrilled about it. Occasionally, it can be overwhelming. Sometimes the negative ones do get me, but I'm getting better at brushing them off. Yes. I have had many bizarre interactions. As you can uh, probably imagine, I get surprised looks, unblinking stares, yeah. snarky comments, I imagine. interesting comments, mm-hmm. compliments, lighthearted jokes, mean-spirited jokes. Uh, uh, I hate I a mean spirited joke. Looks of right. Yeah, I get free beers. Looks of disgust. Strange propositions. Chuckling handshakes. People pulling at my clothes to peek underneath. High fives. Looks of horror. Honking. Hugs. Shouting <laughs> from cars. People asking to take pictures with me. People taking pictures of videos without yes. asking. Fist bumps and even a couple people licking their thumb to try to rub the tattoo <laughs> off. Oh, well, that crosses a line. That's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> I also just love that he was like, do you want to... Do you want the real answer to how people have reacted? I will give you how everyone <laughs> I've ever met has reacted. <laughs> Leave no stone okay. unturned. That's amazing. And here is the, this is the thing where I came around to liking this guy. In addition to the visual appeal, the tattoo definitely serves the secondary function of forcing me out of my comfort zone. I used to isolate myself from other people oh. to an unhealthy degree. Oh. I would rarely go out more than the necessary only go to work, the grocery store, etc. Mm. When I was out, I generally interact with people as, lit- as little as I could get away with. Now I have to talk with you people, know. and it's like exposure therapy. Even though not every interaction is positive, it can still be quite awkward. I think I can stand to benefit from engaging with people more, and I often enjoy it. Now I love it. Yeah. Now. <laughs> self-help. You know? Now it's, it's self-help. very endearing. Mm. Yeah. He's, I, he's banana of the week. Absolutely. Also, what a... What a it's just like I need to talk to people more. Maybe I should tattoo by by hand my entire body blue. <laughs> should I, I wear a funny it. hat? No. <laughs> I feel like he could have benefited from someone just being like, "Here's a cool shirt." People will ask questions about this. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh door. Oh Donnie. But he should run for mayor. He sounds like the most popular guy in Ontario. Like everybody is interacting with yeah. this dude. Or he should do something. Benef- or start a band. Be a stand-up. Do something. 
I know. I was like listening to his reasons for why he did this. I was like, oh, that's why I'm a musician. Yeah. <laughs> like interacting with people. So yes. I don't self-isolate. <laughs> like I love touring. I love... But I didn't paint my body blue or tattoo it. No. Were you a shy? <laughs> were you shy as a kid? Were you shy before you became a no, musician? No, I wasn't shy. But I, I, I am an extrovert. But I, there's a different part of me that comes alive on playing shows and just like getting that real time. That's something I've so deeply missed. It's just that real time interaction and su- element imagine. of surprise. You know? Oh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, props to him. Yeah. Story. Get out. So wait, there. do you feel like? When you're touring, that is your ability to kind of like do social interaction. Uh, extended version, like I, I, some musicians don't like interacting with fans after the show. I'm the opposite. I love doing that. I love hearing stories oh, and cool. coming away with stories. Maybe that I'll have some next time the tour opens up. Yes, I'm going to start writing these down so I can send them to you guys. Please, I know I've heard a million stories on the road that are crazy and That's experienced great. them, but like, um. Yeah, it kind of is. It, it's like a, it, it just feeds off of each other, every interaction where I just mm-hmm. get hungry. And then I come home and then I just like go away for two months and don't talk to anybody. Right. Um, and wow. yeah, so because, yeah, expending a lot of energy socially and then you just kind of want to start self-isolating. But, I'm the um, same way. I'm the same way. Yeah. I like when it's not the great choir. I used to go out about six nights a week and I'd go to a lot of shows. I'd go out to work drinks, meet writers, meet actors, just kind of hang out and do you know dinners and stuff. And then when this hit, people were like, dude, Scotty, are you OK? <laughs> like, And I actually found that yeah. I was very okay with being alone and very productive writing wise because i think i'd been burning the candle a little hard at both ends and then this gave me permission to not have to be anywhere now after 10 months of this or whatever it is i'm starting to feel that like yeah it'll be fun to meet my friends at el coyote and drink a couple margaritas and eat chips and salsa and do that kind of fun yes. stuff. But I got to say, for the first six months, I almost felt protected in a way that I never would have anticipated and was extremely creative. Like, felt like I could write every single day without any writer's block or any... Wow, that's cool. It was it was a weird relief, and I'm glad to know that if anything this dumb ever happens again, that I won't be uh, SOL. Yeah. That's interesting. That is the first time I've ever heard you say writer's block. Have you, because you are so prolific. I always just imagine that you sit down and just like, blah, it just all yeah. comes out so easily. Do you have it? Do you have it sometimes? Never have. I haven't had it, but it's more um, shifting between projects. Like if I'm doing a couple of TV pilots uh-huh. and a feature, um, sometimes you have to shift your brain back and forth and go, um, to those worlds. Yeah, to those worlds and those characters. And you don't want your characters speaking or sounding alike, especially you know, in dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that a lot of my writing peers, especially in TV writers, have been petrified, have been absolutely unable to write. And the anxiety, and I understand, I, the anxiety was so str- and great, and there's so much uncertainty that you had so many other things to worry about. But I actually found comfort in a blank page and knowing that nobody was going to bother me and that all I had to do was start typing That's yeah cool. jessica have you been able to which which side have you been on i've been 50 50 have you been able to get writing done so a lot of our energy so we came back from tour we were on the road for like three months off and on we did some dates with wilco and joseph and it was wow. amazing that we awesome. got to tour like before everything shut down and then the day we got back everything shut down which was crazy yes. um and then it was that one then it was the question 
of are we releasing a record still this year? Uh-huh. And we decided yes. And then it was all just planning. So I was kind of like I had a goal. Yes. And like uh it was made a lot easier to like Peter, my partner, he plays drums in the band. Mm-hmm. You know, we obviously live together, so we both had an end game to strive towards. Right. And I think like I we work really well with limitations. And so oh, yeah. just like we yeah, I just had to be so creative in the ways that we were gonna promote this record and but you know, now that I'm on the other side that it's out, sure. um, I am so hungry to create and actually really hungry to like be a lot more collaborative with other artists. I've been talking right. to a few people about just like let's do a cover and just release it for fun on Bandcamp or whatever it is and just like connecting with people. But um the first few months I definitely went insular. And then now, yeah, I'm dying. I want to go to El Coyote. Have a yeah, I'll meet you there. God, when this <laughs> yeah, is over, let's all rendezvous and just bring Peter and we'll just chip and salsa us to death. It's so good. Oh, my God. Oh Amazing. My God, I would love that. So you, you, did you know Sharon uh, before you worked with her on that song? Or was that kind of like Not personally. Uh, her brothers were fans of Deep Sea Diver. And a long time ago, I saw like a post that they had said like, "Hey, Sharon, this is the band I was talking to you about," and they had the last name Vanna. And so I was like, "Well, I think that's Sharon Vannon," and that was really yeah. cool. And so I think we were on her radar, uh, but uh, it ended up being long story short. I I met her backstage at a Nick Cave concert one time, but it was in passing. Cool. And then she was opening for him. Who I love Nick Cave. Um, and okay. yes, uh, and then it ended up being I went to a show like the night before we were going to record the song impossible way. And I like Instagram stories something that was like, Hey, there's no other place. I, I didn't say, Hey, there's no other place I'd rather be than at this show the night before we finish our record. So then the next day we went in and did impossible way. And she ended up getting back to me that day and saying like, Hey, I've been meaning to like say hi. Cause I had messaged her a long time ago and, um, she got back and we connected and it was just really crazy. Cause that same day, I had said out loud to my co-producer, I was like, gosh, it would be so sweet if Sharon sang on the song. And I think I was still coming off the high of like, she had such an amazing live show too. And it just like, I just heard her vocals on it. And, you know, it's like the art of asking. It's intimidating, but, you know, eventually I was just like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to ask. And, you know, you hold something loosely when you ask. It's like maybe the person loves the song, but it's not for them or their vocals, you know, won't sound good. I don't know. Um, And so it, it worked and it was awesome. And then we became friends through that. Wait, Perfect. that's amazing. So it was like the same day you sent her you sent her the song. It was like, any chance you want to come by the studio and record some So that the was song? delayed because she was so busy. I didn't I didn't want to ask right away, like her reaching out and right. being like, Hey, here's my number, call me whenever and like, hey, sing on my song. Uh yeah. I we I, I tried to be a little more tactful about it, but like um ended up sending her like a a good mix because you also don't want to present some shitty like right. day of mix it's yeah. like this song in my head it's cool but check this out yeah um and so we sent her like a cool rough mix of it and i was like this is what i'm hearing like if this resonates with you awesome and she was like i'm trying to figure out how i can do it because she was so busy i'm so happy for her that record blew up remind me tomorrow and like she was just yeah. always on the road and finally, like a message came through at like midnight a few months later. It was like, I love this song. Let's do it. And I was just like, yes. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, so awesome. freaking sweet. And she's just the best. So very, very glad that that worked out. That's cool. And so you said you were on tour with Wilco. Was um, So you're opening for Wilco? Yes. I'm assuming. They were, they were opening and, for um, us. And uh, it was, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Soon enough. And how Soon. was it as a how is it as a band opening for like a band like Wilco? Cause I've, as a comedian have opened for bands. Ugh. 
Oh yes, for, as a comedian, I love it shows like that. Worst. Why it's do they so... do it? It's the worst. <laughs> I, I always say yes too because it's always a band that I like yeah, love. Exactly. I'm like getting um, visions of like seeing Neil Hamburger at like the old Spaceland uh-huh. opening for band. <laughs> yes. Now Neil Hamburger makes sense, do you know, because he's a a character and most of his jokes are about music you know totally you're just like a comedian who is themselves on stage and you're not telling only music based Mm -hmm. jokes it is it's brutal very weird yeah i feel like one step underneath that is when poets open oh kill me unless unless (laughs) it's at a bookstore like except except for Derek brown Derek brown i love Derek. i know him very well yes no Derek. Derek, because he's a musician that's what like there was one time where he was playing up here in Seattle and he was like, Hey, do you want to just like score a soundtrack in real time to my poetry at wow. the show? And I was like, absolutely. And I love him. Yeah. He, he's punk rock. He's the best. Oh, I didn't know you know Derek. That's yeah. So I love Derek. He's a good friend. Yeah. I grew up in a comedy show on a gondola in Long oh, Beach. Together. Oh, he, I feel like I've heard of this. Maybe I saw mm-hmm. something about him posting it. Doesn't he like have a gondola? He just owns a gondola. He used to be a gondolier. That's right. I lived in Long Beach for like four years in my very early twenties. Oh wow! That's how I met him. Weird place. Yeah, the bridge between Orange County. It's like kind of like a, kind of like Venice, but not nearly as gritty. No, it's it is it's interesting for sure. Um, but you had asked me a question. Oh, how what is it like opening opening for for Wilco? Opening as a band. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean. It's like I, I feel like I'm not one to put people on like a crazy high pedestal. It's like that helps. We're all human beings. I love what you do. I think you like what I do because you took us out on tour, and I am very like visible. I get very like I'm the person at the show, not who's dancing like crazy, but just like you can tell if I'm into something. Mm-hmm. And like I love I like standing that. side stage, um, especially watching Nell's. And Jeff Tweedy, like their guitar playing together is just my favorite. And Nels has been a big influence on my guitar playing. And he's just like an open book. So cool. That if you go like, hey, what does that pedal do? He's like, don't ask me. Just get on my pedal board and grab a guitar. And so it's the best. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And they're all just such am- amazing human beings. Like I've found that like most people that have made it are wonderful people. Yes. Like, and that that's just a testament to like, I don't know, just... Uh, just being the, that kindness going a long way and yes. generosity and all these things and their crew is like family. And yep. so, yeah, it's just, I don't know, you pick up all these things that you learn along the way. And so I'm really grateful for opportunities like that where you're like on tour with such a big band, but you're seeing all the inside pieces, you know? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got one then. Scotty, I got one to wrap it up tight. Send us home. You know, send we're talking home. about great singers. Jessica is a great singer. This one <laughs> was sent in by many, many, many bananimals. Man oh, gets yeah. wasted. <laughs> Legally changes name to Celine Dion. (laughs) Eric. And forget. And forgot it. Woke up Celine Dion. Nothing like blacking out and waking up as Celine Dion. This was sent in by so many of you. Nick Hudson sent this in. Brooke Markham sent this in. Brooke's an actress, Kurt. We should have Brooke on the podcast. She's been a long time been animal. Thank you, Brooke. Written by Eric um, Hegedus at New York Post. 
The weirdest newspaper in America. A Celine Dion superfan in the UK got drunk and legally changed his name to hers, then promptly forgot about it. But it's all coming back to him now. Good writing. Good (laughs) writing, Eric. The 30-year-old Celine Dion, born Thomas Dodd, told the Post that he came up with the idea while boozing it up and watching a TV concert by the 52-year-old Canadian crooner on Christmas Eve because he loves her. Quote, she is my go-to person I listen to and I need cheering up. Me too, honestly. Uh, He told the Post via Twitter. He said he spent much of the pandemic watching concerts alone at home, uh, which is great and super fun thing to do, including one by Celine Dion over the holiday that was accompanied by a magnum of champagne given to him by a friend. Quote, that'll probably explain a lot, he said. (laughs) While enjoying the show, he plunked down 89 pounds, which is about 122 American dollars. And... (laughs) Officially took her name via an online application. However, the details are a bit fuzzy. I honestly, hand to my heart, don't remember doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I remember watching the concert and remember getting rather tipsy. Days later, he came home from work as a hospitality manager in Staffordshire. To find an envelope with documentation waiting for him, I wasn't aware I had done it till I found the envelope in the post. Initially, I had to sit wow. down as I couldn't believe it. So I then checked my bank and confirmed it all. And why stop there? Once it sunk in, I signed straight away as I bloody love her. So he, d- he committed. This is his blue <laughs> tattoo. Oh, God. Things have been pretty crazy over here since this morning, he said, uh, as it took off Friday morning on Twitter. Um, It got worldwide media attention. I currently have paparazzi camped outside. You know you're famous when somebody changes their name to your name and paparazzi shows up. That's a crazy, not good level of fame. Um, He also noted his inbox is now full of Celine Dion fans asking me to record them a video message. Oh, God, I'll (laughs) skip to the end here. In the meantime, he said he is hoping to get a chance to eventually talk to or meet with his namesake. I mean, come on, real Celine. Come on. Call him up. Celine, you got to meet with Celine. Celine, Celine, Celine. come on down. You got to do this. Um... Uh, you might think I'm joking, but I will need to put on oxygen. Just thinking about it is making my heart race and my eyes water. It would honestly mean the world to me and more. I mean, obviously. <laughs> this guy named himself um, pretty good. And I guess the Post reached out to Celine Dion, the real female Canadian Celine Dion, about it. And there were no comments from her reps at this point. Mm. Celine. That's too bad. I wow. love that in the UK you can change your name. While drunk, Space so Man easily, Amazing. yeah, so easily. I, I thought it was much harder to do that. It's you need so at least cool. one person to stop you. It's so good, like, <laughs> like <laughs> some kind of notary. Like what's hap- What happened? Well, Kurt became a minister <laughs> well, online, right? You're a universalist minister. Oh, something. Cool. I, I mean, when I I became a minister in 1996. Mm-hmm. And there was, before you could do it online, you had to, you would, oh, really? you just filled out a postcard and, and put $5 <laughs> in an envelope and you just mailed it away. <laughs> and like in three months later, I got like a package back being like, you're a minister now. Wow. And I did it just as a gift yeah. when I was whatever, 19 years old. And then I think I married my first couple when I was like 23. Yeah. You've married a lot of people. It was like rare back then. Everybody's a minister now. Yeah. But back then it was like, you're a minister? I'm like, yeah, you want to get married? Yeah. 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 Peter got his license or whatever it's called. It's easy. 
So Kurt easy. married me to a bartender named Misty once in New Orleans. <laughs> we were. Uh, I did indeed. We were uh, drinking. What's that place called? Oh God! No, it's called Friends Bar, I think, or or the Friendly Bar. Friends Bar. Yeah. You would have to ring the doorbell yeah. in order to get in. It's one of the very few bars that <laughs> everyone needs to ring a doorbell in order to enter the bar. We uh, um. we go in, and there are about I don't know six or seven of us. I think it was somebody's uh, bachelor bachelorette co party. I think it was Kristen Riches. It was Kristen Shaw and. Rich, yeah. rich Blomquists, yeah. So we get a party bus at dinner. We we made we started getting pretty wasted at dinner, and we just rented a party bus on our phones, which is amazing. You can do that. And we're we're about twenty vodka sodas in. We get to this bar. We ring the doorbell. We're the only people there. Maybe there's one old guy playing like lottery or something. Yeah. And this bartender was this very. Nice, very southern uh, lesbian named Misty, who I just, <laughs> she liked me right away and I liked her right away. We were, you know, joke flirting with each other and drinking and drinking. People are buying shots. It was, but we're being nice. We're dancing. We're laughing. Everybody's having fun. Yeah. And I start saying, Misty, when are you going to make an honest man out of me? Misty, <laughs> when are you going to marry me? And she's like, this one's too much. He's trouble. Keep him away. He's trouble. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and I'm like... Misty, I'm serious. When's it? She's like, come around the bar. So I climb over the bar. Kurt does. We take each other's hands. Kurt marries us. I probably owe her half my money. And uh, <laughs> and Kurt married us behind the bar with a vodka soda in my hand. I think we kissed. And uh, as far as I know, I'm married to a, a lesbian named Misty in New Orleans. <laughs> also, for cool. earlier in that night, mm-hmm. I had married Kristen and Rich oh. at a ladies' arm wrestling competition <laughs> on stage. I forgot about that. It was a late. It was a ladies arm wrestling competition that was like, of course, because it was New Orleans, it was like amazing. Mm. Like every woman who came out had like this huge outfits on, yes. and had like a posse with them. And then they would like come up on stage and then arm wrestle each other. Kristen arm wrestled someone. And then I married her. Yes. And it was amazing. Yeah. It was, yeah. And then married you guys. Yep. What a night for well, romance. What a night. <laughs> what a night. Jessica, thank you so much for being on Bananas. Oh, man. I loved it. We would love to Thank have you, you back man. sometime. I'm going to post, I'm gonna post uh, the video for Impossible Weight on the Bananas uh, Instagram so you can go watch it right now. Um, let's do it again. Anything else yes. you want to plug or anything, Jessica? Anything you're releasing soon or excited about? Um, so nothing being released soon. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm working with some people and possibly doing some covers, but cool. I can't talk too much about that. But uh, I'm... You know, we're trying to figure out, like, we nobody still knows when touring is going to start again. And so I think we're going to do, uh, have a few live streams or, like, special events coming up. Awesome. Um, make sure I won't do it on the same day as you guys. That's, That's February cool. 6th, right? <laughs> yeah. <That's cool. laughs> um, and so, yeah, that'll be, that'll be sweet. Um, but no, I just, just, just doing the thing, trying cool. to stay creative. I, I wanted to tell you guys I really like your theme song, too. Okay, like, Hanamati thinking about it this morning i was like it reminds me of uh like weekend at bernie's yes like meets yes. like meets like huey lewis kahan like, is an incredible little... musician and he's done tv shows uh he did work a song for workaholics he did a song okay. for another show i wrote on and when we made bananas i was like kurt i got this guy that can make us a theme song and my instructions or my my area for him to play in was I want Glenn Fry's The Heat Is On, but I want you to say bananas as many times as possible. And then that was the first. What you heard is his first draft. First, oh, really? First track. Yeah, that's no, so no, rad. No, no notes. No notes. I love that. 
there's like a, a few times where he sustains like that kind of sounds like this like Thursday ask post punk like 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 it's so sweet yeah totally well we give you full 100% permission to cover it anytime you ever want to sing the bananas theme song we will play very special episodes I'll totally do it well thanks you guys thank you Jessica so sweet yeah I'll send you guys some goodies and you guys can do whatever you want with them Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 